Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Look out weekend. We are up and at him on a Sunday morning. Thanks so much for joining us on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Stormy Bonantoni here live from Circa Resort and Casino. And Michael Lombardi back on the East Coast. I miss you here in studio, yeah, my guy. But hello. Hello. Good morning, Stormy. I know you're up and at him early. I saw you walk in there and I thought, oh boy, yeah, those, those, that morning call out there is a little more uh, difficult than this call that I have. So uh, yeah, it's great to have you back though, Stormy. I missed you yesterday for the Derby. I'm sure you had the winners in your pocket. Uh, but you were enjoying Disney World or Disneyland? It's Disneyland there, right? <laughs> yes, Disneyland out in Anaheim um, this past weekend. Took my little sister there, nine years old. Had the time of her life, so it was so great. But yes, back here, um, actually went to the Golden Knights game last night, Michael, where I was having to watch the Kentucky Derby on my phone because puck drop oh, was right no. around the same time as the race was going. But thankfully, I was listening to the Lombardi line yesterday. You, Femi, and Mike Somich out here giving out mage to go at 15 and 16 to one on those fixed odds so kudos to our guy samich oh the sambam hit it man did he hit it good i, mm-hmm. I even look good at, you know at, at the in the in the living room tonight last year i had the two winners all because of, i had uh i had maze and i had the two fills so it was good i, I you know there's something about that race. I mean, even the buildup, the, it took forever to get to the race. I think they keep extending it longer and longer, but it was so much fun to watch and, you know, to see the horses kind of move around. And, and you know, I, w- I don't even know what the order was. I don't even know where half the horses ended up. I never got the final verdict. I have to search for it, but it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. And, and Mike has been on fire. I mean, let's face it. He does a tremendous job on the horses, but he also does a tremendous job in handicapping a lot of sports. Yeah, no doubt. When it came to the Kentucky Derby, too, he called Mage a, a dangerous candidate after his runner-up finish in the Florida Derby, especially with Forte out of the field. Forte, of course, the favorite coming in, five scratches in the Kentucky Derby, which is something that is just like unprecedented in the race, essentially. It's just not something that you see for an event like this. So really, really ended up being a super fun race. And Mage just overtook two fills down the stretch. The favorite after Forte was out, Angel of Empire finished third. So that's your one, two, three, Mage, two fills, Angel of Empire, and Disarm if you're one of those super effective people. But really cool moment for the Hall of Fame jockey, Javier Castellano, who snapped an 0 for 15 skid in the Kentucky Derby. It was the longest, I believe, the like the most starts among active jockeys without a win. So he finally gets that off his back and a huge win for the biggest event of the year. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it really is. I mean, I know it's only two minutes, but it was still. And I and I I got to be honest, Stormy. I I didn't realize it was. It's been fifty years since Secretariat won that race. There, you know. I mean, wow, how time flies. And uh, I I have a poster here of Secretariat finishing the Belmont. You know, twenty three lengths ahead here because I think it's so symbolic and represents competitive stamina. And listening to Brady read the 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 tribute to Secretariat, they called it two goats, and certainly that is the case. But 
you know, this horse that 50 years ago is still in our minds mm-hmm. is still powerful and still has set. Uh, it's hard to believe this, but with all the training mm-hmm. and development, Secretariat still holds the course record at the Derby and will always hold the course record at the Belmont, mm-hmm. even though it's unofficial. Unbelievable. Uh, so the first leg of the Triple Crown is done. We'll see if Mage can continue to step it up with the hopefully preak mistakes. And hopefully he'll run up. again, right? I mean, yes, hopefully you would he'll imagine. run again. You yeah, would imagine. I hope so. I mean, I, yeah, but sometimes with the stud fees, they, they stop doing it. But what a day in sports yesterday, Stormy. We got the Derby. We had the Heat before that, dominating the Knicks. And then, of course, we got the Lakers show. Yes, the, and we'll, we'll get to all those. But I do want to say just real quickly one last thought on the Derby because, like I said, I was sitting there watching the Golden Knights, and I was so excited because it's right before puck drop, and I'm, I win this bet, and I'm riding high, feeling so good after I check the account. And then the Golden Knights go and give up four goals in the first period of the game against the Oilers, and it was just all she wrote after that. You cannot give the best – Penal- the best power play, excuse me, in the history of the NHL, continuous opportunities, and it was driving me insane the entire game, Michael. Yeah, I, I think whenever you play a team that lacks defense, and I think this, I'll take a, my experience in football, like the Edmonton Oilers, who are not a great defensive team, but when they're allowed to set the pace offensively, when they can play from in front mm-hmm. and don't have to rely on their defense setting the standard you know, they become a more dangerous team. It's one of the critical things in football we look at all the time. Nobody pays attention to it, but first half point differential, the teams that win that category, the Eagles and the Chiefs were the two best last year. When you can play from in front in any score, any game that is monitored by a clock and by time, by time and by periods, that that's always going to give you an advantage, especially when you lack defense. So, you know, it's like, you know, I think Whitey Ford was pitching one time and, and he uh, he gave up the first first batter, he gave up a hit. Second batter, he hit. The third batter uh, got another hit. This is three pitches. The fourth batter, Ted Klusinski, got up, hit a grand slam. Casey Stengel came out to the mound and said, hey, Yogi, does Whitey have any of his stuff? And Yogi said, how the hell do I know? I haven't caught one pitch yet. So... When you get behind like that, you're like, Yogi, you have no idea. Yeah, exactly. And in game one of this series, the Golden Knights were able to respond and have that quick answer, start dictating pace a little bit. And it was just a completely different game here. They were unable to sustain any zone time. Every time they got over the blue line, it was just a one shot and done. So very frustrating for me yesterday just to watch as as a fan and somebody that wants the Golden Knights to win the series, having that bet in pocket. But hopefully they will rebound road teams in the NHL having just a ridiculous amount of success so far this postseason as well. Um, Let's get to the NBA, though, as you referenced, and especially that Warriors-Lakers one last night. Lakers win and cover the three and a half. The total goes under 227 and a half. But like game two, this one's a blowout, but instead it's the Lakers on top. Yeah, I mean, I think the Lakers, you know, that game was uh, the first period. The Lakers looked like they were in control. The second period, the, the Warriors looked like they found their rhythm. And then this this Laker defense, which has been, you know, since the, let's say, the All-Star break has been sensational, has re- really clamped down. And, you know, and they did a tremendous job. The Warriors shot less than 30% from the three-point line. They took 44 threes, only made 13. And then when you look at what they did from the two-point line, they held them to under 40% there. So, you know, and and forced 19 turnovers. This Laker defense is for real. And I think if you're holding a ticket for the Lakers to get to the finals, I, I think that's a fairly significant play. I think you got a chance. They're really better than we thought they were, even though the second half after the Westbrook trade, they've improved. But they looked for real to me last night. You know, they were behind and LeBron wasn't scoring, and then all of a sudden things changed and LeBron got into the game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was thoroughly impressed by the Lakers last night. Yeah, LeBron was kind of playing the role of facilitator early on, and then the point production came the second and third quarter. Shout out D'Angelo Russell for a fantastic first half. But you mentioned the Lakers long-term and their potential to win it all. Does this kind of have that 2020 bubble feel with AD playing? Like when he is on, he is on. So if you are somebody that is looking to make a bet right now, I know the Nuggets have looked so, so strong coming out of the West, but I don't think the Lakers are a bad play. No, I don't either. I think just defensively, I mean, you know, the, as good as they are, they just when they when they're in when they're in their defensive mindset like they were in the second half, and then when they get it going, they scored forty one points in the fourth quarter, you know, and they held the they held the Warriors to twenty points in the third quarter, mm-hmm. got control of the game. So 
Uh, I mean, look, like any sport, when you have a great defense that can carry you and keep you in these games, you have a chance to win. And I think a lot of this is going to come down to can they stay healthy? I mean, you're yeah. always worried about can Anthony Davis stay on the court? Is he going to stay healthy? LeBron, are they going to stay healthy because of the age? But, mm-hmm. you know, D'Angelo yeah. Russell last night, he missed two shots. I mean, he missed two shots the whole day from the from the two-point line, and he was really good. When they get him going a little bit, now all of a sudden they got a third option. Yeah, can they stay healthy, and can those two stay um, sustainable playing a long series? Lakers now minus 195 favorite in the series. Warriors plus 160. There's the second largest loss in 137 playoff games for the Warriors under Steve Kerr. Heat Knicks, Jimmy Butler back on the court after missing game two with an ankle injury. Five days off for him. He comes back. Fresh drops a game high, 28 points, and the Heat just are doing it again, Michael. It's unbelievable, right? I mean, like they had control. Like I really felt like in Game Two in New York that the Heat were was going to win that without Butler, you know. And the Knicks made a late rally, but I I think this is all. I think the Heat are the better team. I think they're the more physical team, and when Butler's playing, you know, they're they're playing good defense. I don't know where this Heat team came from, losing the the Chicago Bulls in the play-in. But they are. I mean, I, I think they are the one team that could give Boston some trouble when they get there. I think there's no doubt about that. It's going to be interesting to see how Boston comes out tonight to this afternoon at 3.30 to play. But, you know, this Heat team, the way Butler's playing, the way they're playing defense, the physicality, Duncan Robinson replacing Hero, you know, has been really good for them. So, uh, I mean, I'm thoroughly impressed with the Heat. They were in control of that game the entire game. Absolutely. And we will talk because you mentioned the Boston series. We'll discuss that a good bit a little bit later on in the show, too. And we have Claudia Bellafato, who joins us in about a half an hour, sports betting analyst over at Nesson. We'll also have our guy, JVT, senior NBA betting analyst here at VEASAN, host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Get his breakdown for all of the series. Your 76ers in action coming up a little bit later, um, which I know you 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 love you love your 76ers. You're, you're really oh, I love them tremendously. Out. Yes, I do. Um, but, you know, going back to that Knicks yeah. series, I, I think I just don't think Randall's healthy. I, I, I don't think Randall. I mean, he was 0 for 5 from the three-point line. He was 4 for 15 from the floor. You know, I just don't think he's healthy. I think he's trying to fight his way through it. But I think with him playing the way he is, it, they, they're missing that element that they would need to beat the Heat. The shooting in this game was abysmal. So when we say this game stayed under, it was well under. And we're talking on both sides. So the Heat win this game at margin, despite being their worst shooting game all season. 39% from the field, 22% from three, barely 50% on those usually easy shots at the rim. Didn't matter because defensively and how poor the Knicks shot, New York... 34% from the field, 20% from three. They missed <laughs> yeah. 32 three-pointers in this game, Michael. They're most in a playoff game in franchise history. It was tough to watch. So hopefully we get a little bit more offense here moving forward in the series. But like I said, uh, Michael Sixers on the ropes since game since James Harden game one superpowers disappeared. Can they bounce back? We'll revisit that on the other side. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you a more informed better year-round. You can check out today's betting splits for every game, again, at vcin.com. And we got a couple big game fours coming up today. In the NBA, Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you. The Boston Celtics, a two and a half point favorite in Philadelphia, taking on your 76ers. Michael, total 213 and a half. The Sixers, of course, stole game one, and then they just gave it right back in game three. The lone <laughs> win for them in this series without the MVP, Joel Embiid. What's going on for your squad? Well, I think this will be, you know, I think this is the kind of game that you want to try to take a look at in-game betting because I think the Sixers will come out with a lot of sense of energy and match it early. I think this is one of those games that if it gets into the fourth quarter tight, Boston will find a way to win it because of the defensive liability in, in Philadelphia. They just can't protect the wings. It's a bad matchup. Uh, I, I expect Harden to play better. I think the prop of Harden over 20 and a half is probably a good play. I think he'll play better. He has to shoot better. He can't shoot any worse than he has. <laughs> but for some reason, Stormy, they have no rhythm in their offense when Obed's, when Obed's on the floor. Everybody kind of just doesn't know where they fit or how they play. Harris hasn't played well. You know, everybody talks about Harden's bad game. Yeah, he was minus 12, but Embiid was minus 8 in the game as well. They turn the ball over. They don't get in transition defense. But there'll be some energy. This is make or break time for Philly. I suspect – They'll be, you know, come out strong. But a lot of these Philly-Boston games, when they get into the fourth, Philly has a hard time closing it out. So maybe even, too, I know you mentioned the live approach, but maybe a, a first half Philly or a first quarter 76ers type of an angle could work as well. And with that thought process about everybody trying to figure out their role with Embiid on the floor, why do you think that is? Why haven't the role players been able to execute? Like Tyrese Maxey, a great example of somebody we haven't seen get going the way he needs to. Yeah, and he played great in game one because I think the you know, the court, the spacing with Embiid because of where he lines and, you know, he's gonna take that fifteen footer, you know, he's it, he's kind of a you know, when Paul Reed they just pushed him out of side and you know, there are times when and Reed's not as good as him. I mean Embiid's the MVP, he's a great player, he's makes great shots, but to me the offense when it runs through the center and the way it does, it, it's kind of difficult. I mean, mm -hmm. two two nights ago when he came back on Wednesday night, you know, they I think they had two assists at halftime. The ball doesn't seem to have any action to it. It gets to him, and then it kind of stays there. And, you know, there's too much isolation and not enough team sport. And then, of course, Harden can't quite finish at the rim uh, when he gets down there. So it, it, this is going to be – look, if Philly loses today – uh, th this is going to be a crossroads moment for their organization. Where are they going? Yeah. This is the, to me, Stormy, this is the fine, this is the one year where you could say anybody can win the championship, right? And Milwaukee's been eliminated. The, the West is, even the, the Lakers look like they may have something. But to me, if they don't win, if they can't win this series, they have not, with the MVP, gotten past 
had gotten past the, the second round in the last three years. Yeah, it's a, a critical game four. I'm sure their head coach is probably sweating it a little bit too. Doc, even though I don't think that their issues have necessarily been his fault like they had been a couple years ago. Um, but you mentioned James Harden. The last two games, he has as many turnovers as field goals. Five of 28 since that explosion in game one where he looked like vintage Houston James Harden. Um, Jalen Brown on the other end, went up to Joe Missoula after that first game and said, I want him, and has largely done a really good job in those instances when he's been defending Harden. Is that just something he needs to get over? Because you mentioned that prop over 20 and a half. That's one of the most bet player props in tonight's game, thinking that he's going to break out of this funk. But how much of that do you think comes up to the matchup with Brown? Well, I think it's hard for him. I mean, if you go back to the first game, they switched Horford on him every time they picked, and then that's where he was able to get some some wide-open looks and a three-pointer that put the dagger in the Celtics in the ga- in game one. But they, they stopped doing that. They made that adjustment. And I think when you break down the Celtics, their wings are better than Philadelphia's wings. I mean, Maxie's a liability defensively. Harden's a liability. I mean, tell me a shot that Boston doesn't get. They can even mm-hmm. get to the rim. Now, Embiid prevents them from dunking it but they have a hard time with spacing they have a hard time handling it because they can blow by the guards of the Sixers the Sixers defensively because they needed Maxi in the starting lineup he is a liability defensively it's just not a good matchup for Philly I mean look I think if, if Denver can continue to go we're, we're in an era of basketball where the center has to have a little bit more of a of a range like Jokic does in terms of his passing which is incredible you know, Embiid's, you know, he's going to shoot that 15-footer. He spends most of his time from the free-throw line there, you know, and, and that kind of tends to clog the court a little bit. And then their transition defense, because he doesn't get up and down the court as well as everybody else, is problematic. The Celtics are the favorite to win it all in the NBA championship odds, an $8 favorite now in the series. Even them to win yeah. this set 4-1 is just plus 125, Michael. Yeah, and I think put the well, Elliot has it up there. I mean, I thought the Sixers, I think, were fifteen to one to start this series. Now they're down to twenty mm-hmm. to one. I, I don't know how the Heat are twenty five to one. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Heat are better than the Heat would be if the Heat and the Sixers faced in the finals. The Heat would win that easy. Like I don't understand that. Uh, to me, I think the Heat have a better chance. I think the Heat could easily, you know, they're they would give Boston a hard time. Now I think Boston has enough to beat them. But they would give Boston a hard time just the way Butler's playing. I think at that 20 – I don't know how, yeah. how anybody could watch the Heat play and think that they're better. I, I think the other thing about the Heat, when you go back and watch the Sixers when they lost to Toronto, when Butler played point, Butler – and that was the best Embiid has ever played with someone. But remember, this Philadelphia team decided that – they, you know, Ben Simmons got his, you know, got got upset about that. Remember, they pushed Ben Simmons off to the side mm-hmm. in the Toronto series. They let Butler bring the ball up. Well, he complained, and that's when Butler didn't come back. They signed Tobias Harris instead because Butler was the one guy that could really make this offense go playing point with with Embiid. We'll talk about this pricing a little bit more when we have Claudia Bellafato on the program next because Celtics, even in the Eastern Conference, you, you mentioned the Heat at 25-1 to 1 to win it all, 6-1 to 1 in the Eastern Conference because the Celtics are minus 350 odds on favorite there. Um, let's go to the Nuggets' Suns here as well, Michael, because you mentioned Nikola Jokic and his ability to be that pass-first type of an offensive weapon coming off the 17-assist performance last game. His assist prop set at 8.5 for this game, and it is one of the most bet player props in this game. Um, When you look at how this series has shaken out, I mean, it took Kevin Durant and Devin Booker to combine for nearly 90 points last game for them to come away with that win. That's not realistic. That's not sustainable. So what do the Suns do to compete in this series? You know, I think they have to get other people involved, but without Chris Paul, who are they getting involved? I mean, this is a team that lacked depth going into the game, right? They lacked depth going in because of the big trade to get Durant. They, their bench was somewhat depleted. And so I think it's going to be a real struggle for them as they move forward because, let's face it, they don't have a de- they don't have depth. And again, you know, Chris Paul being injured come playoff time, that doesn't surprise anybody. But they're going to need to get some form. I mean, Aiton, the big fellow, is going to have to play. I mean, what, he had four points the other night? You know, and and so he's going to have to – somebody's going to have to step up. I mean, nobody scored more than the the, the seven points off their bench. 
They're going to need somebody, whether it's T.J. Warren, who can score at times and can get hot. You know, they're going to need somebody to come in to really give them a little bit of a spark because I don't think you can play, you know, Booker 42 minutes and Durant played 43 minutes the other night, Stormy. Yeah, the lack of depth is certainly just going to show up more and more, especially without Chris Paul out there. But you just you can't you can't rely on two guys to do everything for you right. offensively. Uh, and I think that's why we're seeing in the betting market, 62% of bets, 74% of the handle are taking that two and a half points with the Nuggets here. And a lot of people think that that Nuggets four uh, games to one is a good bet at plus 250. Yeah, I mean, look, Jokic, I mean, think about, did you see Jokic's stat line in the last game? <laughs> I mean, over 30 you know, points, I mean, 17 assists, 17 boards. <laughs> I mean, what I mean to me, like that, that's incredible. 17 assists. They had 27 assists as a team. He got 17 of them. <laughs> I mean, it's just somewhat remarkable. Now, he turned it over six times, which is too much for him to do it. But, you know, once again, I mean, you know, to me, when you have a center that can do these kind of things, it's a lot easier. But when they, you know, when you don't, it's hard. I think we see it all the time. Remember when Utah used to have Rudy Gobert come mm-hmm. playoff time and then he'd get extended out and you know he'd be sitting on the bench. It's a challenge now in this game today. No doubt. Again, the spread on that one, two and a half, total 227 and a half. Tip-off is going to be coming up at 8 o'clock Eastern on TNT. We have to take a quick break, Michael. But when we come back, we will break this 76ers Celtics series down even more with Nesson's own Claudia Bellafato, sports betting analyst, for their ultimate betting show every weekday. And um, also, I mean, you know, those those Northeastern teams will we'll get some things going with your Patriots, with everybody up there. Maybe even a little Red Sox talk. Josh Applebaum will miss that. But don't go anywhere. We'll have Claudia coming up here next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line. Remember, guys, there is so much going on over the next 30 days, and we are here at VSEN to help you out for a limited time. Make sure you check out our latest deal, $9.99. Become a subscriber today. That gets you insight into daily baseball best bets. We've got the NBA and NHL postseason to break down every single game in futures. Only VSEN Pro subscribers get access, though, to the daily recap of top plays made from all of our show hosts and guests. You also get tools like betting splits that let you see where the money and bets are moving for every game, as well as the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Sign up now. Again, just $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Rolling along here, Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you. And as we continue to break down the game fours coming up in the NBA tonight, Michael, we got a great guest. Our girl Claudia Bellafato joins us from out there in the Northeast, betting analyst on Nesson's ultimate betting show weekdays at 530 Eastern. Welcome in, Claudia. Hey, guys. Good to see you. Thanks for having me on. Yes, thanks so much for doing this. And it really feels like after that first game of the Celtics 76ers series when the Celtics lost without Joel Embiid on the court, that that was a wake-up call for them, been on a mission these last two games. Can they put a stranglehold on this series tonight? Yeah, and it's funny because you look at that game one and everybody overreacted, right? And everybody came out saying, oh, they're going to do what the Bruins did, best regular season team, and they come out and fall apart in the postseason. But if you look at that game, they shot better than the Sixers in pretty much every facet. They dominated on the boards. They dominated in the paint. If they didn't have 16 turnovers and Harden didn't go off for 45 points, they would have won that game, right? So I wasn't surprised to see them bounce back. And Embiid's not 100% healthy. I heard you guys talking about it, too. When he is on the floor, it's almost like the offense is less efficient in a way, right? Because everybody's just sort of focused on him. The role players sort of take a step back. So... I think all the prices are right when it comes to the series here. Celtics in five is a significant favorite when it comes to if you're looking long-term rather than game to game, which I don't disagree with. I mean, you only got to lay, what, three, two and a half here, which I think is a fair price. If you want to, you know, cut that in half, you can go first half. Celtics team total was something I was looking at because if the Sixers were going to beat them, it's going to be with a huge game from Embiid. Hopefully Harden can clean up and come back to look like he was in that first game, but it's not going to be with their defense and it hasn't been with their defense. Um, So again, I think Celtics team total with this lower full game total is a line I would look at. I've been looking at props um, 
don't love to go over star players high numbers I just never do books always adjust especially later in the season into the postseason so I don't love to chase those numbers I like to look at role players Malcolm Brogdon's one guy that I was high on before the season even started um 14 and a half is sort of where they've stuck with him he's been hitting that consistently and of course with every defense if they're going to play any defense at all it's going to be on Brown and Tatum so I look at some of the more role players, I would say, for this one. Uh, Celtics team total is probably the one I'm liking the most, though. Brogdon's been sensational. And I think when you watch the series and you watch the playoffs between the Celtics, which used to be a great rivalry, Celtics-Sixers, it's really not a rivalry because I think what you said, Claudia, is so true. Even game one, I mean, they did everything they should have done except turn the ball over. They have dominated yep. Philly, the, you know, in the playoffs, even during the regular season. The one game they lost, I, you know, the, the, the Celtics were missing some of their star players. But to me, I, I think this is and, – and you cover the team daily. That To me, when I watch the Celtics, there's a sense of confidence. Tatum, the other night, I think he felt like he got cheated out of the MVP award. He felt like he thought he was the MVP of the league, not Embiid. Yeah, that's such a <laughs> – it's a tough conversation for me. Of course, I'm from Boston. I'm always rooting for the Celtics. I can't hate on Tatum because the talent is pure. It is there. I think the issue is people look at last postseason. They look at this postseason. And there's times where, and I will know because I don't really bet him, but the few times I do are in situations where he should go off, right? And it's almost like he takes his foot off the pedal in situations where, you know, he has no right to. Nobody else is shooting well, and he's just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to pass it off. And it's hard to sort of predict when we're going to see those games, but it usually happens in the postseason. So I, I know postseason doesn't matter. You have to look at the regular season when it comes to MVP. But I just don't think the leadership is there from him, right? You, you hear a lot of the role players sort of speak up, and they're sort of the leaders on the bench. And I think a lot of people look at that, and they just don't see Tatum as a leader. And he is young, so I think that plays into it. Um I think I need to see a little bit more, you know, off the court leadership from him, though, before I say he deserves MVP. And I'm I'm huge on Brown, too, though. I think that he has the potential, you know, to be at Tatum, but he is just sort of that one B to him right now. So that's no hate on Tatum. Of course, he I do think he's one of the best players in the league, but I think leadership has a lot to do with that. Tatum, 2-1 to one favorite to win the finals MVP. The Celtics are the favorite to win it all right now, plus 115. And, uh, I mean, the odds are crazy in the East. We had talked the last segment, Claudia, about the Miami Heat maybe being a little bit undervalued in the futures markets in anywhere between 25-1, to 28-1 to one to win it all, 6-1 to one in the Eastern Conference. If it is mm-hmm. Heat-Celtics, how do you think they match up because the season a massive favorite in the East right now? Yeah, I've been sort of hanging my hat on the fact that the Celtics are the deepest team in the NBA. I said the same thing about the Bruins, though, and and you see what happens there. Um, So I do (laughs) think the Celtics are deeper than the Heat. I think that'll come down to just a shooting battle, right? It's going to be whoever's hitting their shots. You're seeing what the Celtics are doing right now with Embiid. They are giving him hell. I was watching that game, and I'm like, I would hate to be him, right? Like, they know how to get into guys' faces. They know how to sort of overwhelm on defense. Um, and that's what they did so well last season as well. So I would give the Celtics the edge when it comes to defense, but really it'll come down to who's hitting their shots. And if they let Butler go off, it's going to be an issue. But, you know, I agree with these numbers. I think Celtics would be the 350 favorite. Heat, I do see good value there. And, of course, you'd want to get on it early because the books will quickly adjust, just like we saw everybody hop off the bandwagon after one loss for the Celtics in this one. I would say now is the time to jump on it if you like the Heat. But, um I would give the Celtics the edge of that one. Oh, well, uh, speaking of bandwagons, the, the Patriot bandwagon <laughs> seems to be empty. Everybody's uh, like jumped off. I mean, Coach Belichick's on a hot seat, six Super Bowls. He's on a hot seat. Ron Rivera hasn't yeah. won in five years, but he's not. But that's okay. So after you've had time to reflect on this Patriot draft, wh- what do you think of the draft and what's been the reaction in Boston from the draft? Well, I, you know, fans, everybody wanted to see us get a receiver. There was all this talk about us, you know, getting O-line for protection for Mac if we're not going to get a quarterback, and we didn't see that. I love the pick we got with Christian Gonzalez. Mike, I talked with you about this. I just wrote an article on nessinbets.com about the fact that it feels like a highway robbery, the fact that he dropped down to us, right? He was considered the best cornerback in the class, and – I make an, an argument that he could win defensive rookie of the year. I said the same thing for Sauce Gardner last year. If you were on a team that has no hype surrounding them, like the Patriots right now, 
and you are facing some of the best receivers in the AFC, and you can have an impact on that defense, you're going to stand out. So I know that's not the question you asked me, but I do like that play, defensive rookie of the year for Christian Gonzalez. No, um, that is I, the question I asked you. I, I wanted it. to, yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think to me, there's there's hidden there, and when you break down Gonzalez, you know, it, especially considering if they get Judon, they get some pressure. Those are plays that can make a huge difference. Well, especially, and I harped on this in the article too, the reason that everybody wanted to see a receiver is because our offense, I agree with everybody in saying that it's nothing to be excited about. And that's no take on Mac Jones. That just comes down to how much tougher this division is going to be. The conference is going to be. You look at QBR last season, Mac Jones only had a higher QBR than Davis Mills, Carson Wentz, and Baker Mayfield. Now you're talking about Aaron Rodgers being in your division. We were talking about MVP odds. He is at the very bottom of the board. So Belichick didn't even seem to have faith in him last season or the season before. So if you have a young quarterback that hasn't really taken that next step, no true number one receiver, you you didn't do a ton to fix your O-line early in the draft. A lot of people are looking at this offense and saying, well, we better have a good defense or we're not even going to be covering games, getting the points here. And I agree with them. That win total set at seven and a half, I lean under. Right? We don't oh. have the schedule yet. I, I do. Oh. We don't have the schedule yet, but Warren Sharp oh. came out and, and Vegas put up the numbers for the win totals. Patriots are expected to have the toughest schedule. And yeah. if this offense looks anything like it did last season, I agree. I think the under would be the play. The under is at an even money price while the over is juiced to minus 120, Michael. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Michael. Uh. We'll, we'll get your reaction to that on the back end. I got to squeeze in this last minute here, <laughs> well, Claudia. I got to say real quick to miss the you got to lay 300. Come on. There you go. Um, <laughs> last question here. I, I want to go hockey with you because you did mention the Bruins a couple times. I know that it's rough that they are no longer in after what was just such a historic regular season, but you saw the Florida Panthers so closely. Is Sergei Bobrovsky for real as the Panthers are taking on the Leafs in this set? I have been all over his save props. Um, yeah, I think he's legit. I even think Lyon was legit. I think this offense is not getting a enough respect heading into this second round. They had the second longest odds. It was them and the Kraken after taking down the number one seed in the abs and the Bruins, the books were like, yeah, well, that was just a fluke. Panthers were like, hold on, wait a minute. Do we have to go up to nothing on the Leafs to get you guys to look at us and give us some sort of respect? So I don't know what the books are doing out there, but the Panthers and Mr. Bob legit. And they are up two games to it. none in that set with the Leafs. Thank you, Claudia. You're, You're the best. I love it. Thanks, Thanks Claudia. Guys. Awesome. Appreciate you. Yes, great stuff. Yeah. Make sure you check them out uh, at NessonBets.com, her written work, as well as the Ultimate Betting Show on Nesson every weekday. We got to take a quick break, but we got our guy JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, our NBA analyst, coming up next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the authorized gaming partner of the NBA, hits the court with special playoff parlay insurance offer. Place a one-game parlay of four legs or more and get back a bonus bet up to $25, even if you miss a leg. Enjoy the playoffs like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and parlay selection features throughout the playoffs. Log in now or sign up and opt in to get a tw- to get back a $25 bonus bet if one leg of your one-game parlay falls short. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to please play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager new and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. Alongside Michael Lombardi, Marty Stormy Bonantoni with you live from Circa Resort and Casinos. We welcome you back to the program. And Michael, I could tell as soon as Claudia said she leaned under. She didn't even say, I bet the under, I love it. She just said, you know, I kind of lean under on the total. You are not having it. Tell the people why. Well, I think to me, you know, I hear all this criticism. Well, they didn't they didn't help the quarterback and the offense was so bad. Well, the reason Bill O'Brien's there is to fix the offense. The region Adrian Clem's there is to fix the offensive line. And so you know, was last year a bad season? I think there's no doubt it was a disappointing year. But when you break down the season, I mean, it was a horrible loss to Chicago, right? A horrible loss to the Raiders. Should have never happened, the Raider game, right? Uh, the Minnesota game, the block punt. They moved the ball really well in that game. And and then when you break down, you know, when the Cincinnati game, which is one of the best teams in the AFC, they're going in to win the game and Stevenson fumbles on the five-yard line. So, you know, I think we have a tendency to over-exaggerate wins and over-exaggerate the losses. And I think, to me, you have to put things in perspective. I think the one thing, the criticism about this receiving core, I mean, they signed Smith-Schuster to be a slot receiver. Mm -hmm. They signed Gasecki. Those two guys will help the third down conversions. I think there's no doubt. Gasecki's much like Kyle Pitts. He's a he's an F. He's a t- he's not a rece- he's not a tight end. He's going to be an inside receiver, especially in the red zone. They've got to get Mac Jones to play like he did as a rookie, and they, they've got to improve the offensive line. Which to me, I think with Clem there, where they'll have an offensive line coach, not Matt Patricia calling plays and trying to run the line. So. And then defensively, I think they had a really good draft. They finally got a big corner, something they needed badly. And they've got more speed with the Mapey kid Mm -hmm. who they drafted from Sacramento State, who's kind of a quasi-linebacker safety, something they really needed to defend the six-back offenses, which has been their Achilles heel. So, look, I I think all this doom and gloom, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is great. You know, Buffalo's great. But I, I think the coaching, the special teams, I think they'll they'll find a way to win more than seven and a half games. I could tell you that. Well, and it's a Patriots team that did win eight games last season. That, to your point, should take some steps forward, especially when you think about that offense. And it was very, very clear that there was a lack of continuity when it came to not having a true offensive coordinator for 
Mac Jones. And you have to think that he's going to get closer to what he was before, if not better, knowing that you have Bill O'Brien, who is a true offensive mind at the position. Right. I mean, you're going to have somebody. Plus, you, you know, I think one of the things that got lost in last year was how poorly the offensive line played, right? Yeah. And so they draft three kids in the fourth round. Maybe they will start. Maybe they can. But, you know, they signed Riley Reef to be the right tackle. They've got to get Trent Brown to play at a higher level. He's a really good player that didn't play well last year. They signed Calvin Anderson in free agency to give them some veteran depth, you know, to go along with Connor McDermott, who started at right tackle for them last year. So I think they've made an emphasis to get this. Just because you don't pick a guy in the first round, they didn't pick Joe Tooney in the first round, and he ended up being a really good player for them. So just because you don't pick a guy in the first round doesn't mean you didn't address your needs. I think that's gotten lost a little bit in this. And, you know, they, they, they signed Smith-Schuster to give him a receiver, like I said, Gasecki. I, I think they've got to expect Taequann Thornton to take a huge step forward. I mean, this guy is explosively fast. He's good with the ball in his hands. He's tough. You know, Kendrick Bourne can be a really good player. He fumbles too much, but he could be a really good player for them. So I, I, I never really bought into this receiver thing. I know we had a beat writer on. Uh, on the show back in March, he was telling me how they were going to draft a, a beat writer from uh, Boston, telling me how it was obvious they were going to draft a receiver. And I was like, look, do you ever – I mean, have you paid attention to the man who runs the draft? <laughs> I mean, he wants to build the team. He's not he's, – we're not playing seven-on-seven seven like the Falcons. <laughs> That's cold-blooded. Uh, the Patriots do have to play the AFC West and NFC East this season. but And while the division has gotten tougher, you look at that plus 250 price, um, a shot to make the playoffs potentially. Yeah, I mean, look, the NFC West is, look, at San Francisco is going to be a really hard game for anybody that plays them, right? I mean, but you, I'm not sure the Rams will be. I'm not sure the Cardinals AFC will be. AFC West, excuse me, AFC oh, West. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, that's going to be a hard division. I mean, that they played last year. They played the Raiders. They had a chance to win that game. You know, Kansas City is a team that they've always had a chance to play. They understand how to play them. Uh, it's going to take a, a, a really good effort. We'll see how the champions are as they come back out. And then the Chargers. I mean, I think the Raiders two years ago with Matt Jones' rookie season – went out there and just dominated the game. So, look, there's a lot of football to be played, and there's a lot of valuations to be made. No team wins the Super Bowl on paper. No doubt in my mind. And that is the fourth time I believe I've said no doubt today. So I'm going to have to sit down with those, you, Stormy. My goodness, that. what have I you done to that. me? Uh, hey, look, you know, it's that early morning. I got, it, it's just, you know. <laughs> It's that early morning. See, I'm more alert now. I'm I'm on rhythm now. I'm back on my schedule, back so here in the office, you know. Unbelievable. Even Ocean City sound asleep. I'm up here going. I love it. 10.50 out there for you. It's almost lunchtime when you get off the show. <laughs> One of those, th I'm like, where's my coffee? What's happening here? But okay, let's, uh, let's keep it rolling though in the Patriots division because I know you've been very open about looking at the Buffalo Bills and feeling that they're a little bit overvalued in the market, especially when it comes to this division, and you look at the Bills and the Jets. What's, what truly is the disparity to you between the Bills and the Jets, a team with a 10.5-point win total, a team with a 9.5-point win total, at the top of the division odds, Bills plus 135, Jets plus 225? I think when you break down both teams, right, let's just break down offensively. Who has better receivers, the Jets or Buffalo? Well, the Jets have the Jets have really good receivers. Buffalo has Stephon Diggs. They're still searching for the inside slot receiver. You know, now they drafted D Dalton Kincaid mm -hmm. as a tight end. Maybe he'll go in there. Offensive line, I think both lines are not very good. I think if, you know, if anybody wants to tell me Buffalo's line's really good, did they watch the Bengal game last year? Because it wasn't very good. They don't play with any power. You know, they don't play with any power. And if they had a quarterback who's not six foot five, 250 pounds, who can leap tall buildings in a single bound, he would have gotten sacked quite a bit. You know, I don't think they play with power. Whereas I think the Jets, if they get Bryce Hall back, can. Now, the Jets' offensive line, especially at the tackle position, is suspect. Dwayne Brown at 38 years old and Becton, who's yet to stay healthy and play well. When he plays, he can be a dominant guy, but that's few and far between. And, you know, so I think that the Jets offensively, they have a lot of similarities and can be good now that they have a quarterback. But defensively, the Jets' defense has never been able to play from in front. You know, they've always had been in close games because of their inability with their offense, how bad it was. So I think this Jet offensive line can take a giant step forward, and they can rush the passer, something Buffalo didn't do in a playoff game against the Bengals. I mean, Buffalo with backup offensive linemen playing for the Bengals on a snowy field that was the same snowy field for the Bengals' defensive front, 
the Bills couldn't generate any pass rush. Now, I know they miss Von Miller, but he's coming back, and he's an older player. And they're older on defense. I think that, to me, Jordan Poyer, Makai Hyde, both guys injured most of the year last year. They need to stay healthy. But over 30, you start to worry about that as you go forward. Look, Josh Allen has to figure out how to play quarterback without being the main runner, right? They've got to find a way to be more of a physical team, a Buffalo representative team based on that weather up there, than relying on Josh Allen to bail them out on everything. Yeah, And I think that's – I think that's the challenge, and I think Kincaid gives us a clue. His drafting, them moving up to get him, gives us a clue that they're going to be a 12-team, one back, two tight ends. And maybe with signing Latavius Murray, that they're also going to try to run more power stuff. They're going to try to correct the problems that I've cited before because I think it's fairly obvious. They play with no power, and when you play with no power, it becomes hard to get control of a game. And to your point about Josh Allen and the brand of football that he plays, he's very physical as a runner, too. He's not just your typical run and slide type no. of a guy. He's not afraid of contact. And he's even talked this offseason about how that's something that he needs to try to take a step back from. But in order for him to do that, other people have to step up around him because that's how they've won football games. No doubt. No doubt. There you go. Yeah, no doubt they do. Yes, I knew we were going to get you on him, not just me. Uh, I, I mean, look, he can't be the main. He, they're only, they were only really good when he was the six-back runner. Then that offense became, but there were too many times where, and then his consistency with accuracy kind of missed a little bit. So, look, I think, I think Buffalo's a good team. I think the Jets are a good team. I, my argument is the Jets should be closer to Buffalo. Like, the Buffalo hasn't done anything to separate themselves from the Jets, and the Jets just added a blue-chip quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the Bills get a lot of respect for who they have been, not necessarily who they are at this moment. We have to take a quick break. Hour two of the Lombardi Line's coming up next. we got a fun little segment, better or worse, NFL Playoff Edition with Michael next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 